if I die tomorrow I hope you hear these words I ain't here to flip no birds and sip no serve Hope the future generations can get this urge Stay woke youngin' and avenge these nerds uh. The nerds are back. It is Tuesday. Yeah, I feel like I'm super dark. You're not dark. There we go. You're good. There you go. Got the light. What's up, everybody? Tuesday nights. Throw down. It's your boy Sebastian. It's your boy Law. And your boy Tone from across the hall. With the one, the only. Be Mac. How you guys doing? We're so You're good. good. We're I'm so excited this good. week. Yeah, we got a good yeah. episode excited. today. We got a little bit of creative series, a little bit of Batman. Um, this might have a little bit of D and D in it. I, I'm so happy today. Like I'm oh, so. It is. I, I, it's it's a. It feels good to be a Batman fan today. I don't know what it is. It's been a while. It's been yes. a while. It is. Yes. We're gonna get into it. We are going yes, to get into it. We are so going. We are, we are going to get into it. First things first. We want to get some announcements out the way, and then we want to get our guest out um, and talk to him about his awesome series that he came out with, and it, it deals with a, a, a very great subject um, for us. D and D. It was in, pretty much influenced by that. Um, so yes, I can't wait to get him out here to talk to him more about that. George is uh, ready. George is ready for it, but um, and after we're done talking about this awesome series that um this creator has created, we're going to then deep dive into the Batman. Um, the uh, Batman. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Wait, I'm sorry. This this, this say, man, we, this this what? man needs to be excommunicated and banned. George, from we're not our show. friends. George, we're not friends anymore. I, I, hope I don't he's know. Joking. I hope he's joking. I really hope he's. I like, hope he's joking. He's being. Like, you know, did he watch the same movie we saw? Well, I don't understand. I, I don't know. George, I'm gonna come for okay, you. Okay, okay. No, he's joking. He's joking. He's joking. <laughs> All right. So announcements really quickly. So last week I got to um guest star and catch the craze. Go catch that on their channel. That was old. Um, we had a great time, me, Sam, and George. Law was recently on Rich Dresden's channel, Dresden Media. Um, it was for Black History Month. They were um he was on there with a uh, couple of other creators. Again, it's a dope show. You guys want to go back, check it out on Dresden Media on their Facebook channel. Um, Medusa's Cascade comes out every Tuesday. I mean, every Saturday. So again, it's dropping we're every Tuesday. <laughs> we're, we're we're in sixty episodes, about to hit that seventy mark in this D and D campaign that has been going on for I've been mean, say almost like two years already. Yeah. Um, second thing, second thing, was there anything else? No, I mean that's it. Make sure you catch Law on his uh, Twitch channel and um, stay am, tuned for I am, more. I am on a brief hiatus from Twitch because I am working on session season two with Demetrius. So I'm taking a little step back, but I'll be back in, in no time. But now, um, so we're going to get into our first segment because, again, we want to talk to this awesome creator behind his comic book series called Crit, which is also Crit on its uh kickstarter meaning that yes they have fun got fully funded so they they, they wrote a nat 20 on that man what a, what a segue man i, I like that, that was, <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a good segue what a are we so proud segue, of him let's go man let's i'm growing but anyway no it, it's also to have him on here um again he based it this this comic on his D D campaign with his friends and everything and again if, there, if there's anything that people have known i've been talking about how D D is a great writing tool but here to tell you about that is the run Dioni, Christopher, Michael, Chris, what's up? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? I love the D show already. Entrance. Uh, <laughs> that glass breaking and all that, and then there's yeah. a magic bullets all over the place. <laughs> um, but thank you so much. That was 
that was that was awesome. I, I was getting pumped up about myself. That was great. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I'm a I'm a D and D fan. If you can't see my bookshelf here, and I'm a giant Batman fan. So, uh, you know, we can talk about that if you like to. Because nice. Uh, that, nice, that's nice. My, my lovely wife, who uh, my wedding band, which we were at the gym, so I don't I don't wear it at the gym, um, is a uh, it's a, a silver or white gold whatever with Batman symbols in it, and in every Batman symbol she got me a, it's a diamond. That was what she got me when we got married. So that's how big of a Batman fan I am. So I would love to talk some Batman. Um, yes, go. yes, let's have it. I'm Love a huge it. DC Batman nerd and Star Wars. You throw those th- three things together, and that's oh much. man, you fit right in over here. Got, you the right yeah, That's our world. So Star Wars, Batman, and D and D is all right here. <laughs> yeah, we, Question, we, we. Are you the forever DM or forever player? I was a forever player, and um, I wanted my forever DM to be able to play, so I became the DM. Nice. And for about two campaigns. Um, I was the Padawan, um, and uh, actually, if you re- ever read my book, the char- the character Caliber is my forever DM. And so, what's sad is we will never be able to play a game together, which would be utter chaos, because one of us always has to DM. And so, we've been like quietly searching for a, a person that could DM both of us. It would be kind of hard, you know. If you ever DM a DM, it's hard, you know. I I, um, I got a guy I could think I could hook you up with. Uh, we got a, we got a we few have multiple. We have multiple guys. Yeah, uh, yeah. For well, sure. I, I might need to talk to you because uh, <laughs> recently single, which gives him more time to play. <laughs> that it that it would. Um, so so what made you? Because so again, you said that this was based off of a homebrew D and D campaign. When was it that you knew that that campaign was something you wanted to turn into a comic? What was what led to the creation of Crit right there from the campaign? The, the very first session we had. Uh, wow. I nice. said, I'm going to turn this into a comic. And no one believed me. They thought that I was going to do something for us, which originally it was. It was just for the, the group, you know. Because what better way to get your players to come back than to give them I'm a salesman, all right? I'm a salesman. I've been in sales for 20 years. If you want someone to come back to you and purchase from you, you're going to put something in their hand, right? Mm-hmm. So I was going to put the campaign in their hand, and that way I, I knew we would play every month. And um, I, I said, okay, cool. Well, I don't know how to draw. I, I had, like, you know, some talent in it. I had done art in my life, and um, I picked up a – I had a tablet at home, and I just started sketching out the campaign. Um, and – I came like a couple months later and I was like, Hey, you know, we got this book now. I never released it, but you know, that's a whole other story. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Right. And my wife, who she's in the comments, um, she's a fantastic art- artist, blows me away. And I let her read the first book and, you know, mind you, I'm going to preface this. I had about three or four months worth of work into this, the 17 page book. Um, never did comics before, never did anything. I, every panel was, a recreation of our game and the nerd inside of me was so excited to show my wife the hard work I had. And she goes through, she reads it. We're laying in bed. We had, she had paused the TV. She hands me back the tablet, she turns the TV on. She's like, it's good. I was like, I don't know. She's like, it's, oh, okay. Wow. it's okay. It's not even good. It was, it's okay. And um, the, the my, my heart was like crushed for a moment. And I, I got to tell you too, my, my wife was like, 
my best friend for 11 years and the girl that I like pined over for 11 years, right? We've been married maybe two, three years at this point. I could be wrong. I, I apologize if I am. Um, <laughs> it was like two, three years we're married. And the first like creation I have in our marriage is it's okay. <laughs> and, um, so the next day I get the tablet out. I get my new iPad, you know, and I'm, I'm sketching and I'm sketching. And I was like, what do you think of this? And she's like, well, that looks like his leg's broken. You got to do this. And then she starts erasing everything and starts drawing over top of it. And I learned real quick. Well, if I want to be good, I got to take this. And I took every bit of, um, you know, crit critique that she gave me. And that became book one. That's dope. And, um, you know, I, I through book three, she was every page doing something. And now I, I, I'm book five. I'm Well, I'm six books in, um, but I have like an issue zero, right? Um, on book five, she has adjusted one ankle. <laughs> and that's a very proud moment for me. Um, you know, she's very, she is extremely talented. She'll give me ideas. You know, I bounce things off of her, and I think it's great to have her as a to utilize and, and really lean on. She is now an editor in the book because she's put so much work into it. But um, day one, when I said to everybody, I'm going to turn our campaign into a, a comic, they just didn't think anything of it. And I think that's because if if you've ever played D&D, it's always said at the table, this should be a book. This should be a TV show. This should be a comic book. It's always said... And I was just the guy that did it, and they didn't think I would. And we actually, we just had like a recent interview with everybody, and they were like, "Yeah, we didn't, we didn't think he would do it, but he did." <laughs> and now I drag them into you know live shows all the time and make them talk about their characters, which is I love know. that. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you love to see it. So yeah, play, playing in the D and D today, I can see how that is and everything because um again we we, we D, I keep telling people D and D is a great creative tool. It, mm -hmm. it forces yeah. you to kind of dink outside the box in some ways, and and when you're playing with a group of people, um, shenanigans happen. I was like, dude, I couldn't have thought of that to write that down. <laughs> and and it, you it's never planned it, you know, because you've got to succeed the role, and. What I really liked about using D&D for superheroes is that there are rules, right? And I've checked out a lot of lot of stories. I'm a huge sci-fi. I'm a huge anything real fiction-y fan. Hmm. And a lot of creators fail to remember their rule sets that they've placed on their universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We won't talk about, you know the sequel trilogy breaking rules that have been around for decades. <laughs> but that was part of my inspiration when I went into this was, okay, as a super fan of a lot of things I've seen broken over the years, what don't I want to have happen? And one thing is if I create a rule, I can't break that rule. D&D has those. They're set, okay? Like they, they're, it's a world building tool right there. Thousands of, thousands of pages. And so that's where it really intrigued me to try and put superheroes into that world where you can't just fly into the sun to get to, you know power. I mean, <laughs> it's not going to work because <laughs> I can say, no, I'm the DM. No, that doesn't work. You can't do that. Um, and, then, and then I think because people have asked me before, like, how did you like when you opened up your D&D &D book, what made you think of using it? And that's really what comes to mind is there's rules. You know, I, I can limit my players because 
without being um, without having a, a favorite, you know, character in my book, or like I might I might lean towards one of one or the other. They still have to follow this set of rules that, mm -hmm. that it's on paper, um, and they still have to roll the die to see if it happens. <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always that chance. And then so everything is is homebrew, and you as the DM, and you're creating a superhero story. Are you? Did you also homebrew all of these classes and yes. using the five E like model to kind of go through everything? Yeah, we have uh, over. I think we're we're reaching about seven hundred hours of balancing. Wow. <laughs> I love Magic Missile, though. I really do. I think it's a great spell. I just, I, I took a lot of those rules. Um, so I, I should go into this. When I came up with the idea for superheroes in D&D, it actually came from Spider-Man PS4. Um, I know that's a complete off shot, right? But I had been, I'd been playing Spider-Man. And I realized that my my Spider-Man was different than, say, somebody else's because you had all these different customizable options. And that made me think of D&D because my character in D&D, whether I'm a rogue or a, a barbarian, I've played enough and I've talked to so many people that my characters were always different, no matter if we played the same exact class. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, that's kind of like superheroes. I could, have, I could have everybody be superheroes, but their superhero is going to be different. And it just got these gears rolling, and um, I remember I was uh, I was in the gym, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to ask the guys. And the thing is, a lot of us hadn't talked in like ten years, but wow. when we when we were playing, it was every Sunday pizza and D and D, right? And um, Brad and I had worse, you know, caliber my 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 forever DM. Him and I had been playing forever. Um, we never stopped. But the other guys, you know, marriage, careers, kids, like all these different things happen. And I asked Brad first, I said, do you think this is a good idea? And he's the he's the guy that chops all my stuff in half and says, no, that's not that stupid. You can't do that. That, that, that goes against the <laughs> need that. He's been playing since he was like five years old. And he can quote like D&D first edition to you. Oh, and wow. like he he's a wealth of knowledge and um so I start telling him some of my, he's like, yeah, we could balance it. We can make that work, you know, and we were originally going to use 3.5 to do it. But then I switched to fifth because a lot of guys hadn't played in 10 years. And fifth is very accessible, right? Like it, it's yeah. very streamlined. It's very accessible. And I said, well, if we're going to do this, let's base it off fifth edition and give them a, an, like a more entry level campaign because I don't want them to be intimidated by the math again. You know, like math rocks, right? It, it, it's, it's tough. Although I love the micro. Um, it's still for guys that, that we get together once a month. It's a lot to keep track of. And so we went with fifth edition and I just homebrewed all these random classes. And so if you read issue zero, you see, you know, the Ant-Man Captain America blend I did and, and you know, they just didn't really like the, the classes which is portrayed with costumes in, in the book. Mm. So they, they were like, oh, let's change it to this. And for the first few issues, actually, we went back and forth on a few different power sets. You don't really experience it as a reader, but and that's like in a lot of D&D campaigns, you're like you're playing things out, right? Um, and we settled on, well, the first one to ever change was originally Boulder wanted to be Captain America kind of character. You know, he wanted to play the good guy, but he wanted these batons, 
and he, and he came with a shield and he and i was like okay so we build all this stuff and then he's like no nah, i think that's stupid I'm, I'm like well what do you want to do have you ever seen my hero academia no i don't know <laughs> what is that well i want to be all might i want to be a black all might. that's what he said it's like i want to be a black all might and i said I don't know what an all might is, but <laughs> we'll this out. <laughs> Brad did know, and he goes, "Oh, it's like, uh, you know, he's like, it's a monk barbarian, pretty much." He goes, "That's the easiest way to explain it." I said, nice. "Okay, that's a, we can we can." I'm like, "It's broken as crap, but we can make it work," you know. And so I go and I'm watching my uh, my hero Academia, and I call Terrell, and I'm like, "This is the guy you want to be? Like, you're the soldier guy that likes guns and things and every like." We played Mass Effect, and this dude like taking a belt of grenades off and throwing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, th that's the guy I'm used to. Or like we used to do. We, him and I, used to try and out stupid each other. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna take the knife to the big giant monster, and I wanna do a backflip over the top and fire three, three rounds into him when I'm doing mid backflip. That's what we used to do. Mm. But now he wants to be the punchy, punchy character, and I was like, Do you really want to? He's like, I want to play this guy. Like if Eddie Murphy had become All Might, and I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing, you know. And I was, I said, hey, if you know, this is your game, right? Like, I always treat it like it's the player's game, if not the DM's game. I've played games where it's the DM's game, and they're not fun to me, right? If I'm gonna spend my time and build my character, I want to do what I want to do, you know. And so I said, all right, fine, we'll build this. I start, you know, googling and looking everything up, and we're balancing it. I, I'm literally we're still changing crap. He texted me today and said, "Hey, can I do this?" And I'm like, "Oh, Jesus, yes." Dude. Right. <laughs> um, so, so we first he was the first one to really get the 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 homebrewed balancing act mm -hmm. um, because you know Brad Brad is such a good DM that he homebrewed an entire Mass Effect campaign for us like on paper, right? Oh. So I go to him and I say, hey, uh, next month I want to scrap all these classes and I want to build new ones. And he's like, dude, that's like hours of work. You realize that? <laughs> and he goes, we work. We can't We can't do that. I'm like, well, let's just build like the first five or six levels. You know, like we don't need a ton. We can know where we're going to go with it. But this stuff's probably going to change. And we don't even know how long we're really going to play. But let's get at least the ball rolling on some of these classes. And so we spend like four or five hours one night working on and you know th that's been kind of that was that for a while and then comet came out and we knew the direction of everything and we finally settled into the the game right around like where the actually the book i'm releasing right now about five months we had settled into the characters and and he comes in he goes all right i'm i'm rebuilding half of these and he said it and it took like three or four months to finally get them but <laughs> but finally we had like this set thing and then when he found out that i wanted to release it to the public like with the comic i was like hey we should we should do like some some classes like we should release it people will, might want to play their version of boulder or caliber you know and he goes oh oh uh we're not doing that unless it's balanced he goes so we need to play test it and then we need to play test it again and then we're gonna play test some more and then i'm gonna go back to the drawing board and um so i've asked him every kickstarter could i put it in there no it's not ready yet <laughs> we're only five levels. We're like level fifteen. Come on, not ready yet. They're level so fifteen. Time, I at this point right now, they're level fifteen. Yeah, in, oh, in wow. not in the book, but in our game. I'm thirty six books written right now. We've wow. played for going on. We're going into our fourth year playing this game. 
Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. And uh, that's that's content. It, it is, <laughs> dude. I, I mean, I'm so excited to get to those. But what's awesome about it is like the book we're working on right now, we still talk about stuff that happened. And that was like three years ago that 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 session happened. And we still talk about the, the joke, the, the line in the book that sticks out is if the cream is sour, do not devour. Um, a, a character eats tacos and he's trying to distract people so he pretends that he's sick and he's rolling around on the ground and another character just randomly threw out the line if the cream is sour do not devour and he starts rolling with it he's like if the cream is sour do not you know he's rolling around and, uh, <laughs> we were we just all i i had the recording we're cracking up on this recording and and every session it, there's one of those moments right and I'm sure and you guys play D&D, you know, it's like every session you get that moment that you talk about until the next session. And when when that first session happened, we talked for a month about what happened that first game. And that's why I said, I've got to do something with this because it might be another 10 years till we get to do this again. And when we were playing the Homebrewed Mass Effect campaign, we actually still talk about the cool stuff we did that 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And there was no way that I wanted to go and not have some kind of memory of this because, um, you know, and in, in going down to like the human emotional level on it, it was a healing thing for me because I had gone into like a really dark part of my life. I had lost my mom one year, mm-hmm. lost my, my job. I had been in like limbo work wise for a few years. I had started new careers and I kept switching and I've been working since I was 12. And um, I was just really unhappy. And um, I was forced to make a decision at work. I could either, you know, go to Texas for a year and not see my family. And I, you know, at the time my daughter was eight, um, which not seeing your kid for a year, that doesn't sound really appealing. Um, Or I could be unemployed. And my wife and I decided that, you know, let me be unemployed for a little bit. But then when that happened, I felt like a complete failure. And so I just had all these emotions, you know, and I was still dealing with the death of my mom and all this stuff. And it was like a healing thing for me to get my guys back together and play D&D. And seeing them after 10 years play like we had 10 years prior after not seeing each other, you know, Terrell called me after the first session and was like, dude, that wasn't weird. And I'm like, yeah, why would it be? He goes, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's like, I haven't talked to Obi in 10 years or, or Brad. He's like, the last time I spoke to you was a few years ago at my bachelor party, you know? And I'd like randomly showed up at his house one day because that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, two hours away. I just happened to be somewhere near him. And I was like, hey, I used to live here. Um, <laughs> and when we were playing it, it, it was very therapeutic for me. And I know that... Um, that for them it was as well. So like, cause I, they had told me like, man, this felt really good to get back together with you guys. And um, there's parts in our lives where in the past few years, when I've been working on this comic book, where we've gotten fan art or a review or something. And one of us has had a bad day and that fan art comes in or that review or somebody likes something that we did and they're like, hey, man, I had a really bad day. Like, you know, one of my players is a um, he's like a federal detective. He does weird stuff for the DMV and things like he he, he deals with. We know a few of those people. <laughs> yeah, like, like, you know, he's an officer, but he deals with like 
people not 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 like he's not like a street cop. I don't know how to explain it. I don't, right. without talking about his job, which is, isn't my place, but um, he deals with some pretty bad stuff, and it can be depressing, and he can have bad days, you know, dealing with that. And he called me one day. I was like, man, like I had a bad day, but this just really made my day. He's like, I just smiled, right? And um, you can't replace you can't replace that feeling. And I think as like a creator um, of all this, that's the best feeling to me is knowing that like I'm able to give something back to my friends. And the guy who plays Terrell, he uh, at Boulder, Terrell, he called me and said, "Hey, I gotta be a superhero now." He's like, "My kids are looking at this book, and like I don't look like that." <laughs> <laughs> he got he he's he's like really in shape now. I um you know. He asked me, he's like, hey, can you help me out? I, I did bodybuilding for a few years. He's like, can you help me out with a diet? Like me and my wife want to get in shape. He's like, I want to look like Boulder. And he did it. You know, he dropped the weight. He's in shape. I got him a, a custom pair of Boulder Dash shoes for Christmas. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, we don't make money off this stuff. So, and they put a lot of time into it. And uh, I, I know that I drag a lot them into it a lot. And I'm like, well, <laughs> hey, man, let me give you custom, custom Boulder Dashes for Christmas. And, uh, you know, that that's the stuff that means more than anything is seeing the look on my friend's face when they get that, you know, just a fan art or, hey, I like your character. Because you're not liking their character, you're liking them. Because when I pitched the campaign to them, I said, you get superpowers. These players and these characters are not characters we made up. They're playing themselves in situations. Mm. And I think that's even cooler is that you – you like my friends, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah, I, I like. Um, yeah. No, go ahead. No, I was because I want to show some of the artwork here too and everything where, you, where you're talking because I I love I love hearing your story because it's like I don't know like um, when we all got together and Tommy started DMing for us it was literally a month before the pandemic hit and we went into lockdown. Yeah, it's like hearing your story and all that you and your friends and everything. It's like it's it is true. It's like you know you're you, when people like you, you start seeing fan art of. It's like you're seeing fan art of yourself because you're putting so much of yourself in the characters sometimes. I, but um, your artwork is phenomenal in those books, bro. So yeah. the issue zero was actually a gift. Um, I had made friends with an artist down in Australia when I was working on book two. And he had done some fan art and he was sending me stuff back and forth. And I found out he was drawing on a phone. I had a, uh, a Samsung tablet, a very, very nice tablet. I just wasn't using. And so I put together some funds with some other creators that he had done some work for, for, for free. And I shipped him the tablet. And I said, hey, stop drawing on your phone. You know, this is the, the nicest Samsung tablet you can buy right now. I just, I had an iPad that I was using. And I said, you know, take this instead. And his way oh. of saying thank you was he did an entire book for me. Um, I was able to raise some funds for him through crowdfunding and, and you know give him some money back for it. But that issue zero, I, I can't take credit for the art. I wrote it, but um, I didn't. I didn't do the artwork. One, uh, one, two, three, and four, and now five are all me. Um, I get a colorist because it, I had to learn. I had to teach myself how to draw. I couldn't just teach myself how to do the amazing colors either. Mm. But um, my pride and joy is the cat. Because trying to learn how to draw a cat and then put a hat on him and then make him smoke cigars and drink alcohol on top of it, like I love it. you can't just go, hey cat, you know, drink alcohol. Let me see what it looks like when you're drunk. You just can't do that, right? Um, 
No, but it's it's again even it with gotcha. each of what you guys have done and then the colorists and everything. Just just in general, this being based off of a D and D campaign, like I said, it's it's D and D is a great creative outlet. It's a great bonding outlet with friends and everything, and it's just you know overall having fun. And before you know it, you've created some. You guys have created some amazing content, and you got a fan of me. <laughs> Thank you. I, as someone who has recently put on the DM hat. <laughs> and gone from the forever like multiple player to now DMC. What is one of those moments that you've had that maybe showed up in the comics or just you're waiting to put in the comic where you're like, these guys are fucking pure chaos. I did like they <laughs> like you give them something and they pull something from way out of left field and you're like, fuck it, I'm throwing all my notes away and I'm just gonna run with it. Like this is this is better than I could have hoped for. There's there's a scene in like every book. So let me think about, so book one, right? Okay. Um, there's a scene where, and, and my DM style has grown quite a bit since, since my first book because, um, because of how these guys were, I've built this dungeon crawl. Mind you like D and D fifth edition isn't built in a modern world. So trying to build a modern dungeon crawl, what do you use? You use a warehouse, right? And so they go to this warehouse, and I've set it up for this gang leader to be there. And I gotta say, I based the gang leader off a guy that we all didn't really, you know, like. It was actually the first GM that I ever. <laughs> and um, he wrote, the, he gave us the characters. We were level twenty, but he, we never rolled. Or no, sorry, we we rolled a d twenty, and that was it. Okay, it was very very weird. Um, and he would tell you what you could do or what your character did. Like he narrated everything and it was such a bad and he gave he gave me railroaded you guys. What he railroaded you guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we would want to do stuff, and he always had like a DM insert character that would ruin it. And and I'm not gonna say the character's name in case he ever watches this, but it's in the comic book. But anyway, um <laughs> and he inserts this dude who is invincible, but he's a vampire. And then he puts us on a spaceship in one of these sessions. Like we always switched to different, like we were in Resident Evil world one day and he's always moving us around. And one of the situations, we all had different, like, um, like I had power of body. One guy had power of mind. One guy had like power of like knowledge and technology, like your basics, like you, you some of the similar things we have in crit mm. and it fit our personalities, but he didn't let us be ourselves. And so like the tech guy goes up to a really old computer and he's like, I want to hack into this. And he goes, you don't have the right cables. What do you mean I don't have the right cables? I'm the tech guy. <laughs> I, like I, as a person, have these cables in a box in my house. right? <laughs> <laughs> because you just don't want me to because you know I'm going to ruin whatever you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. That game ended. Um, and I, I'm going to ask before I say anything bad, like the language, is that a problem on this? Go for no, it. No, go, go for it. it. Kids are in uh, bed. So, so we, Brad and What's I, um, we, we, uh, this was the first session him and I ever played. He's a forever DM. He's the one that taught me to play. He had the power of mind. So he could, he was essentially like a huge, like a scion. Right. Mm. And he, I'm like, all right, so we're fighting this giant monster, which is supposed to apparently like be tough for us. I was like, wait a minute. So, so I have the power of body and I can change my body to whatever I want. Right. I can change. I can extend. I'm, you know, I'm He-Man and Mr. Fantastic and all these different things all in one. Yeah, 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 you are. Okay. 
And I'm talking to Brad. I'm like, Brad, you go before me. You know, you roll before me. So what I want you to do is I want you to hypnotize the, the animal, the big giant bull-like, uh, it was like a terrasque kind of thing. And I'm like, so I want you to hypnotize him and, and keep him hypnotized. He's like, okay, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to go behind him. And I'm like, so I get, you know, I roll on my turn. I'm like, so I get to go behind him. He goes, yeah, so what are you going to do? I'm like, all right, I want to get like right up behind him. and I want to be bigger than him. Okay, and what do you want to do? I want to get like right up on it. Okay, I want to stick my dick inside of him, and I want to send my dick out the other side because I rolled twenty. Oh my and god, that's amazing! Goes, what? I'm like, yeah, we are mind fucking him. Oh my god! <laughs> move called the mind fuck. He he. he, he <laughs> I love it. Oh <laughs> man. I'm ever playing DD, by the way. We were like four or five sessions in, and I had been falling asleep when we were playing. I hated this campaign so much. I actually didn't want to play again. Um, and the DM, who was also my assistant manager at the time, so he can't really, he can't really yell at me, right? Because like I'm his boss. He closes his book and he says, Angels descend from the heavens and kill you all, and um, I'm going home. And he never came back. Wow. Um we That's invited him to play Mass Effect with us, and he lasted like two sessions. And we wound up putting his and he, and he played the vampire robot. Don't ask me how that works. Um, sure. He, he wanted, and Mass Effect, okay. Yeah, he wanted <laughs> a um, a geth that could leech life off of other beings because it was a geth that was possessed by an old. And I'm like, that doesn't know. Play the damn video game. That shit doesn't exist. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> so we jettisoned his 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 character out into space. And, <laughs> I just um, I just pictured the whole thing from um what was it Among Us just jettisoned him out. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and so so I kind of ruined D and D for him, but that introduced me to Brad, and um so that, that was my first time playing D and D, and that's how I did it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you wonder what kind of player I am, that's the kind of player I am. <laughs> I fucking love it. That's it. I, I think, awesome. yeah, you, you definitely you would fit in with the with the whole craziness with the crew and all that. Definitely gonna. Oh, yeah. But right oh, yeah. now, we're gonna give you what's called the plug. Please plug away the comic. Please plug no. away everything. Pro, plug away homebrewed comics. Um, crit is for people who like the buddy cop movies from the '90s or even like your uh, the other guys. I love to quote the other guys because. It is a through-and-through version of what my campaign would be without superheroes. Um, if you're a fan of superhero movies like, you know, in Peacemaker, those kind of things, and those those worlds, sarcastic, fun, you know, uh, adventure-style stories, but with a twist. Because everything that happens in our book happens at the table. We roll the die to see if it happens. And so every story is unpredictable, and every story ends in ways that you wouldn't expect. So if you are a fan of, of the unpredictable, fun-loving, tongue-in-cheek um, campaigns, then we're definitely a book for you. We're, we're going on uh, book six right now, which is on Kickstarter. It is issues zero through five, all in one book. Um, you can collect the single issues as well. If you're a fan of Alcoholic Cats, he's in there. And uh, we have a little bit of everything for everyone. So if you're a D&D fan, you can play uh, levels one through five of every one of our characters as well. And we have collector cards, posters. We have everything for everyone at a very affordable price. Um, so definitely check it out. We funded in 26 minutes. And right now we just unlocked our hey. first goal. We're getting close to our second one already. 
and that's only within the first seven days. So go over to Kickstarter, type in crit. Uh, it's called intestinal fortitude, which means, you know, the ability not to shit your pants. <laughs> I love it. Try says, take great. my money. Take great. my money. The link is in the description, guys. I also posted it in the chat, so make sure you go, Diane, throw that money his way. But um, oh, we are going. Yeah, I just I gotta look at something. Went on Instagram now. to pull up home brood. Yeah, I, I will be releasing every one of them. Um, Brad and I are sitting down into this month. He just had to move, um, and so we're we're gonna sit down and and, and do that. We looked at them. We play. Uh, we actually played yesterday. Oh no, sorry, Sunday. That's how my week's gone, and. <laughs> He was like, hey, I think the only class that we have to work on is Obi's because that's the one I homebrewed. And I was like, nah, I literally just took I took out of the book because I didn't want to get yelled at for uh, creating too many stupid things. <laughs> so I think um, levels one through five are balanced. Like I said, 700 hours worth of gameplay. We've we've refined these characters over and over and over again. And um, yeah, I for, for D&D players, I really want to see. Um, you know, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about our end game plan. Crit does end. It's not an infinite series. I, we're not Batman, Superman. I'm not even going to try and like compare to like the length of Spawn because that's just a very long story. Mm. We want to tell our story in about 40 books. And after we're done, I want to release the game to everybody because what happens at the end of Crit, and we're actually coming close to it now in the story, um, things have already been set in motion to where that final bad guy moment like you know any level 20 campaign um it's a it's it's their moment and they're we're gonna play that moment through and you're gonna see kind of what happens i don't really know what happens i i know the setting but i don't know what the, the outcome is oh, when that's all said and done that is gonna be the world of crit so who's ever left alive they exist um and we want to release the game to other people and i want to be and this is a little bit down the road because I've got to get the technology to do it, but I want to allow people to submit their campaigns in into the world of crit, similar to um, how George Lucas used to let people submit their stories for Star Wars. I'm a little excited about that. Yeah, I want to be able to give people another, um, like a modern D&D world to play in, but that has superheroes. I've seen a lot of games that use different mechanics in their worlds, but the way this world ends, um, they're they're in our world. This starts in New Orleans, 2019. Okay, there's some fictional corporations in there because you know I'm heavily inspired by Canadian storytelling, which is all bad corporations. And uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I forget. I was watching Fringe when I first started writing a lot of crit. So you know, there's got to be a bad corporation. Yeah. Um, but at the very end, when it all ends. That's the world I want to release to people. And that way we have a, a finished product to really release out there. If I gave it to people now, your game may conflict with where we're going. And I don't want to have those things happen. So I think once we're done, it would be really good to be like, hey, this is how the world is. What do you do with this world? And allow people to submit ideas and like, hey, this is where our campaign is. And and maybe, maybe even like have a Discord and like, you know, Again, it's we're still in the idea phase for that because we're not there yet. But we play games with people, or we open it up and maybe have like a um, the Matt Mercer style thing where he brings different people into his world, and we have all these different things. But it's a D and D esque world because where we're gonna be 
monsters will exist. Like, so we can we can just pull a monster manual out and a DM can go, okay, this would exist. I just have to be able to get our world to a point where D&D monsters can exist. And that's what is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's an eventual thing for you guys. I feel like you have a kind of turning in, in law's head. The minute we go off air, I have so many things to tell you. <laughs> oh my God. So many questions. Oh. Now we are on to our next segment and we're to, we're going to prep him right now. We're going, we're going to prep him. Oh, well, okay, so you, <laughs> that wasn't a prep. So, but okay. so, you, so you, you, uh, you did see the Batman, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Great. 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 Kind of our, our thing is that we Hopefully go, not. we go full, we go full spoilers, and we kind of just open it up with, uh, with a major spoiler, or if, uh, if we can, um, in the, in the, in, in whatever we're talking about today. You're so, gonna that Batman's in it because that's a big spoiler. <laughs> <New> spoiler. <laughs> All right, there is so no spoiler so Batman. so tonight we are talking the Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman with Robert Pattinson, and we. This was the movie. This was the Batman movie we did not know that we needed. I came out of this movie theater and I was like, "Holy shit, this thing's amazing!" Um, there are literally things just dripping in this. We get hints of Hush. We get hints of Court of Owls. There's a Joker drop. We deal with and and there there's they're building something up to I, I I'm I don't care whatever the fuck DC does I just want to see what Matt Reeves has to do with Batman and I'm going full hog that this has been this is uh I, I'm so happy <laughs> I'm so happy with this movie I was so happy that's it I I got I got I got I got I got no major spoilers I want to talk about this movie with y'all I want to get your thoughts uh, Aunt May is dead let's get to it. Yes. Let's do it. Let's go. There we go. Spoilers. Yes, the yeah, oh, long man. Halloween is definitely. We get hints of that in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, year one in there. There's so much. Oh, oh my god. god! Oh, you are the resident Batman fan because again, Ooh. so you are leading this conversation. Um, Chris, oh, you are motivated to join us because I saw you have the same Batman encyclopedia I do have there, which I know laws in this book. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I got. I need my camera. I've got a bookshelf of Batman there. I've got figurines here. I've got a if I just move my camera that way, same. If I just move I the on my wall, one of the original. Here, I'll show you this. All right, since 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 we're Batman fans, <laughs> this is an original page out of one of the black and white prints of Batman from uh, like 40s or 50s. Uh, Yeah, a roommate of mine gave me this years ago. I don't know how much it's worth or how much he paid for it. He told me not to ask and I'd probably yell at him. Uh, (laughs) I have never removed the frame. It came like this from the previous owner and um, that's been on my wall for about a decade. The only rough equivalent is I have a animation cell from Batman the Animated Series, or Batman Beyond the Animated Series, that one of my buddies gave me. Yes. Um, I didn't realize how big of a Batman fan I was until people randomly started buying me Batman gifts like a few years ago. Um, (laughs) I would be at work. I worked in a cell phone. I was selling cell phones at the time. And customers would bring me Batman stuff. And like, how do you know I like Batman so much? Like, I don't get it. And they're like, oh, you know, some customers would know me from Facebook. I was, you know, I used my Facebook to get a lot of business. I was a commissioned employee. I'm like, oh, I was on your Facebook, and you're always wearing a Batman shirt or like your Batman's like you Batman something in a picture. I was like, 
I never realized that. And I thought about it. My first birthday cake that I remember asking for, Batman. My first Halloween costume, Batman. Um, uh, you are in good company today. <laughs> so, yes, I would love to talk about this. All right. So, obviously, we're all, like, super hype, super ecstatic. I want to get first impressions of where you think this is going. Before we get into anything else, like... We have we I know everyone loved it and we're gonna do the ranking system, all that fun jazz. I just wanna see where your guys had to do that based on what we said with Hush and Long Halloween and everything else. Where do you see this version of Batman and his rogues gallery going? Who's taking it first? I wanna give it a vow. She's been oh, I, I was gonna figure it too. <laughs> she probably needs Jeez, a okay. Um where it's going. So I, I what I would like to see is is uh, Robert Pattinson grow into the Bruce Wayne side of him. Um, I definitely want to see that because I didn't get that here. Um, Penguin definitely coming in for the power play. Um, where where it's going, it's there is a lot because this mixed up so many different things for me that I had to go look into because I was confused. I remembered something different. Hush and um, the long Halloween I was familiar with. Hush I was vaguely familiar with. And then I'm like, is this Riddler or Hush? Because they also don't use the right names. Um, there was some confusion for me there where you see Ed Edward Elliot, I think they is. And as in Thomas Elliot is Hush, but then Edward Nigma, and they used Edward Norton. It was just some confusion there that I had to go back and research. But um, I, I, I would like to see them bring... I don't want another Joker too soon. I know, I know that they ha are set, they set the seed for that, but I, I don't, I don't want another Joker too soon. I'd like to see characters we haven't seen. Um, I just, it's just, just, it was just so good. I, I don't have a lot to say as far as what's to come okay. because I, I went into this movie with no expectations because I have no faith in DC movies over the years. I've lost that, um, and I had. Us. I've had really low expectations in Robert Pattinson. I'm not gonna lie. However, I loved him as I loved this iteration of Batman. I loved the fight scenes. I loved him in his character, with the exception of Bruce Wayne. Not wasn't feeling that side, but that I mean, yeah, it was a lot better than what I expected it to be. Uh, Chris. Okay. Um, well, I'm gonna second a lot of that because. When they announced Robert Pattinson, I, I was I was honestly disappointed, but the disappointment comes from the fact that I I've liked I actually really enjoyed the idea of, of Ben Affleck getting a chance to be Batman. We didn't really I never felt that we got the chance to see his Batman because he was always doing something with a team or in other movies and he was mm -hmm. more of an anchor character than uh, a pivotal character. And I knew when he was working on his version of Batman that we would get a solid film because he actually has a bat cave in his house. That's how big of a fan he is. So we weren't going to get someone who wasn't a fan of Batman making a Batman film. Um, so I was, I was disappointed to learn Pattinson got the role. Um, I thought he was great in Tenant, but giving a character like Batman to someone, um, uh, let me let me say my thoughts on the character. You have two characters in one, and the mm -hmm. easiest one to play is Batman because most of your stunt work is done by a stuntman. Even mm -hmm. if you can do them yourselves, 
they still gotta worry about you breaking something. So stuntman's gonna do a lot of that. You're from from here down is all you're doing, which is you gotta have the growl, you gotta have the brooding, and you gotta be able to say very few words and just go away. That's Batman, right? Bruce Wayne is the mask. Bruce Wayne is the character that we need to see the charisma and I kept telling everybody, I don't know why they didn't just hand him or any Bruce uh, Batman actor hand them the animated series yeah. and say, study Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And then we're going to film. Yep. Agreed. I don't care what Bruce Wayne's lines are. You need to have that charisma and that confidence mm -hmm. that that character carries. And I did not see that in the film. That being said, I didn't hate Pattinson as Batman. He didn't have bat nipples, which was great. Um, <laughs> but I do love those films anyway. But I think the Batman um, came off fine. The Bruce Wayne, what I'm hoping for in the future, is we see him grow into Bruce Wayne. We get hints that they're going to go there with some yeah. of the dialogue and some of the things they said. Um, my, my thought on Bruce Wayne is we learned in Spider-Man 3 that the emo thing doesn't work. And we should have probably avoided that. Um, you know, that, that haircut really went out about 10 years ago. So, you know, um, my soul. and, and I didn't see him as Batman because, and I say this, the armor he wears is heavy. Okay. Even if Bruce Wayne isn't a very strong man, he would be a little bit more fit than what we saw. And that was jarring to me because I saw, and, and the dedication that we saw from, um, uh, Christian Bale going from the machinist to Batman begins putting on 200 pounds that man ate four chickens a day and would work out all day to be Batman. And when I read that Pattinson wasn't going to put on weight for the film, I was a little upset because Batman is a human. He isn't Superman. He does have, he has zero superpowers. He had Batman operates at peak level conditioning. It is in his character description you, and I don't care how people draw him as a muscular dude, but he needs to be at your peak. And I don't think that Pattinson was at peak level conditioning for this film. And you see it when he takes his shirt off. Yep. I looked at my wife and I was like, he's, he's skinny fat in, in that. Like, like I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not body shaming at all. Right. But you have an expectation to see him. So I'm hoping in a future movie, they say, Hey, we're going to get you a, a physical trainer. And um, we need to bulk know, him up a bit, right? You know, eat some chicken, right? Like, it's like fried chicken. Is there? Yeah, have some yeah no, he, I mean, I, I think he was a little fit, was just too skinny. Um, but yeah, he needs to bulk up a bit. I think we're going to get to repair what Riddler did to his family's name. We're going to get more of the Bruce Wayne philanthropist, we have to. playboy. I, I would hope. Because now he has to live up to that. Mm -hmm. he said if they it don't, then, then that's going to be a problem. Towards the end when they were doing the, the dialogue over there. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right next to me. And, and, and I like to say I enjoyed the Batman film, but it didn't do anything that hadn't been done before. Mm -hmm. um, it just did everything well that we've seen like the the city getting flooded like the rogues gallery like all these things we've seen a great um we've seen a great riddler um i you think know. the detective noir aspect was yeah, very was something, I very it was done very well compared to 
what we haven't seen it because for, for my experience the villains make the previous batman movies so great however here although the riddler was good although you know Penguin was exciting to watch. I mean, I thought I didn't even Colin Farrell wasn't Colin Farrell here, and and I think no, that, that the movie itself <laughs> in its in its entire as far as what the it gave us different aspects of different detective feeling mm. and made it into a comic book thing. That that that's that's what separates this one compared to what they've done in the past for me. I what I really loved about it was the hard detective stuff that we finally got yeah. to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's been one of my complaints about Batman since the beginning was we never see the world's greatest detective. Mm-hmm. And I can tell they played the Arkham games because they you know used so, uh, Arkham technology, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's great. I think I think they did an overall good job, but and I don't feel that Pattinson was to Batman that the, that we saw with uh, the Bruce uh, was uh, um, sorry the what was the and Batman v Superman the bad guy I can't think ben of Affleck, um, um, oh, oh are you uh, thinking Lex? Uh, Lex? the Lex Luthor Je- Jesse, Lex. Jesse Eisenberg, Jesse Eisenberg. yes I- Eisenberg was a terrible Lex Luthor yeah right yeah. Um, he, he should have been the Riddler Riddler yeah. right he yeah. was a great Riddler but like it wasn't that bad to me and it wasn't something where I wouldn't want to see the film again. Um, in fact, I'm actually talking to my friend Brad. I'm going to see it because I think he'll love the noir aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, they did a lot of things right. But the one thing I wish they would have done a little bit better job with is just the Bruce Wayne piece of it. You know, yep. the fight scenes were brutal. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, my God, like, that's, that's how I want my characters to fight, you know? Like, I want to see a movie with my dudes punching a dude like that, you know? It, it uh, reminded me of a, it reminded me of me watching, uh, me playing Arkham, like Arkham, City, Arkham yep. just yeah. like Definitely. seeing how he, how he was like, uh, doing all the moves and using all the objects. And even at the last scene when he's stringing everybody up, I was like, oh, this is like a, this is like one of the scenes from Arkham where you're yep. like just planning out how you're going to do your maneuver and going out and taking care of them. Too, just like that. I was yeah. <laughs> Yeah. From the beginning when he takes out the painted face guys, it was like, oh, this is like the game. Okay. I think I like this so far. Mm. It, it was just his entrance. And I, I, overall, like, because I had such low expectations, I left feeling very good about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I had, um, I had with the car ride with Tone um, coming from the home, we were talking law. I mean, I had a love hate relationship. Like in the beginning, I didn't like Patterson too much only because of the, Emo, like you said, the emo thing, it kind of took me out. But then I start really deep diving into it a little more. I was like, you know, he's kind of playing a grieving Bruce Wayne, which I don't think we got too much of. But you kind of and and it's kind of like setting up like the philanthropist, which is what I got from the story because of the family name Riddler dragging it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I am one of those few people who do wish that Ben Affleck did get his shine to do his own Batman movie. Um, because he did a phenomenal Bruce Wayne and um, a lot of the Snyder trash that was going on. Like, Snyder showed that he could have done a great movie, but it was because his worst feeling was the Warner execs. That's what happened with that, why that franchise was, like, up and down. But I didn't hate Pattinson. I didn't. I, I feel like he was giving us something that we really haven't seen in the character. He's a smaller version of the character, which is, yeah, it's, um, and I feel that I, I he's a per, he's an actor who we're probably going to see 
do a transition from turning Bruce Wayne into that mask that we know and and, and love. Um, and what I did like about it um, was that this is kind of like Batman rookie year. He's already he's only been Batman for two years that they said in the story. So it's like it, it, even though we may have had the detect like like tone tone said it. It was like we had to detect the stuff in um, the Bale movies, but it was at a high tech level, and this was like low tech. And I gotta say, when the Batmobile was revealed, that scene, I was like, oh my god, you know. Everyone who saw that Batmobile come out, they shit in their pants like, yo, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was a good I, scene. Just in yeah. general, like, the introduction to that Batmobile and how everyone reacted. It, if you've ever seen some of those, uh, there, there was a, a trilogy of like, short films that came out back in, like, late two, like early 2009, 7. I forget who did them. I want to say Robert Rodriguez did them, but I might, I might be mistaken. And there's that, that car scene just reminded me of something that would happen in one of those movies. And it was like scary for a moment. Like just the, the car itself was like scary. I was like, Oh man, I want one. <laughs> I would yeah. actually make the argument. Cause everyone, everyone has like had their gripes about the emo patents and uh, uh, Wayne take. I am coming at it from an opposite angle only because as big of a Batman fan as I am, we know that, Batman is who he is. Like, that's who he is internally and what have you. We have Bruce Wayne, who is the mask that he wears and the personification of that. But then there's still the Bruce that only the Bat family and very, very few select people get to see. Right. We don't see that. Um, he keeps a lot of that close to his chest. So I think, like, this version of, like we saw was that the part that he's about to lock away and just be like, all right, I'm going to put this here. I have to shelf this for later. Like no one really gets to see that other than Alfred mostly. And then maybe Dick and, you know, the kids later on, but even then they have to pry it out of him. Yeah. So I think that's what we saw with this version where, yes, we're going to get the uh, eccentric Bruce Wayne, who's like a playboy and all this other stuff and a flamptuous. Sure. But we needed this version because he's still young. He's still uh, dealing with all those emotions. I will say it time and time again. Bruce Wayne died in the alley with his parents. What he is now is a creation of what he feels like Bruce Wayne needs to be or what Bruce Wayne needs to be personified as. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with that. I mean, even, even looking at it, look, so I know we're talking about the whole emo emo thing it's just it, i was looking at it in the sense of like he hasn't he just doesn't have that opportunity yet um and like they're planting those seeds and even when he was having that conversation with the mayor even though he really the the mayor the candidate even though he was kind of distracting looking at the old mayor's son but she's talking about i'm gonna need you more i'm gonna lean on you yeah putting those seeds in that we're gonna get to that point because we're we're used to seeing bruce being the the charismatic character because that's kind of what we're what we're used to. And from what I like about this movie, this movie is building him, building him up. And we know it's just, he's year two, he's Batman. We already got that. We need to build out the other, mm -hmm. the other two sides of the triangle that is Bruce Wayne. Batman uh, in the house, Bruce Wayne, outside the house, Bruce Wayne. Right. And we yeah. got a little, and we got, we got a little bit of inside the house and we need to get outside the house. And I think- Cause even we're Bale did it. Bale did, Bale that first beginning and, and begins where he doesn't want to <clears> do meetings. He does like, it took maybe like the middle second part of the movie for him to like go, all right, I actually have to put on this face. I actually have to show up to meetings 
and put on the charm. And like he doesn't want to do that. You can tell he doesn't want to do that. Even between one and two with Bale, when he's trying to, when he finally says he wants to, I, I forget, I forget her name. Um, who he wants to with Jake Gyllenhaal's sister with Rachel, right? Wait, he right. wants to be with her, and then she just she's not going to be with him, and he decides to just play it up and buy out the the ballet because it's part of the plan of how he's going to mm. get to China. But it, it's like this is what Bruce Wayne would do. Bruce Wayne would buy out the ballerinas to take him on the yacht, but to him, like this is just an excuse for me to go to China, and, and Alfred yeah. can deal with it. So he had to he had to get to that point, and even then, like that first Bruce Wayne with Christian Bale, he was gone. He was gone, and then he came back to the city. His right. way of dealing with that, the him was his way of dealing with those issues was leaving Gotham and getting his training, mm. and then coming back and then playing it up. Where in this, we find out that Alfred was the one that trained him in all those aspects. He didn't go on some pilgrimage, as far as we know, right. outside of the country to become who he is. Okay. So. I'm you know, curious I, to see how, how that plays out later on. But I do want to ask because it's not just Pattinson and it's not just Batman who made this film. We have such a wide cast of characters, not only just role galleries, but we have the anti-heroes and the allies that make up his entire story. So who were you guys most expecting to see and like really enjoy and were like, yes, they pull through. And who do you guys get really surprised from that you didn't realize were going to pull it off the way you thought they were? I will start with Seabass, actually. Oh, me? Oh, damn. Yeah. Oh, me under the bus. Shit. Of course. Of wow. course. <laughs> Um, I was really impressed with both the portrayal of Catwoman and Penguin because both actors, I really felt brought their A-game and I didn't expect that from both of those actors. Um, Colin Farrell really, I feel, embodied a version of Penguin that we haven't seen on screen because we've only really seen Danny DeVito and the character, the actor who we had in Gotham. Um, and the the makeup, the special effects that was used on him, it didn't look cheesy. It looked like he actually put on he the weight. He said on set that they didn't recognize him. When he first yeah. walked on set with, with the full makeup, I didn't recognize no, him. no one recognized him. And they were like, do you belong you here, to- sir? Like, are you supposed to be here? Yeah, they went out to eat one night um, <laughs> dressed in full makeup and nobody could tell it was makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was sitting at a table with with cast and crew, and Absolutely. no one knew it was him. It's it's just it's just phenomenal when you when you use practical effects versus how they tried to get Cavill's mustache out in that first Justice League movie, and it was just oh, so man. bad. Um, and then um, Zoe Kravitz, I mean, um, I really liked her portrayal of Catwoman, um, and. She still had that anti-hero vibe to her, but also so sultry and everything. And she really, really, um, I think, nailed this character. I would have to say I liked her version more than Anne Hathaway's. I didn't hate Anne Hathaway's, but I liked this version of Catwoman. Definitely 10 times better than Holly Berry's. Um, you don't talk about that, man. You don't, don't talk, talk about, about that one. That. You don't um, talk about that. I yeah, just, that didn't happen. That didn't happen, yeah. And then even even the, the the Riddler, like I wasn't so sure about the way how they were going about the Riddler, but then it all just made sense when she starts to see the story and that's how the opening and it was just oh okay this guy is I this is a version of the Riddler they that pulled I'm a lot from Scott of. Snyder's New Fifty Two Riddler for that one I feel like I'm terrified of that Riddler, but that's me. Um, pick your pick your next target. <laughs> uh, Chris, go for it. Jeffrey Wright, um, that 
James Gordon was flawless. And he came in when the, when the role was announced. There was a lot of, there is like split down the middle on that mm-hmm. for different reasons. One, when, when, whenever you announce a character such as James Gordon, who we've seen so many, right? We have, we've seen so many different Gordons. Yeah. And coming off of, um, I, for, I forgive me, but the, the actor from the, um, he's in Spider Man. He is. Oh, uh, Jay Jonah. Oh, yeah. yeah, the character who plays Jay Jonah, right? We didn't get to, and that's another character we didn't get to see where they went. And mm. I was very interested because I thought he had done a good job in the very, you know, minimal time we saw as him. Simmons he worked great, but like Simmons worked out for that for that role. What? Simmons was jacked. He was jacked, he was jacked for that. That was almost as bad as the guy from the Eternals that got jacked and never had a shirtless scene. Right. Um, <laughs> but like, we never got to see that, and I think that's where some of the the hardships for this movie came into play where we had gotten excited about a cast that never got a chance mm-hmm. and so getting spin into this new cast all of a sudden when jeffrey Wright was announced he was one of the few actors i said you know he can pull it off because gordon is a he's a support role but he's a very important support role and i think jeffrey wright just nailed that role every mm-hmm. line was delivered perfectly it was he never broke that character that we know mm-hmm. and we've known forever. I think he did a great job. Um, you know, Kravitz did an amazing job as, as Catwoman. Um, I, some of the writing they put into the character, I think we could have seen more maybe. Um, there was a few instances where, and, it, and I don't put this on the actress, I put it more on the writing of the, the character, but I think she definitely did a, she brought a good, you know, good portrayal of it, better than Anne Hathaway. Nothing against Anne Hathaway. I think she's a great actress, and um, Devil's Wear, Devil Wears Potter will always be one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, uh, oh yes. <laughs> but, but I never saw her in that action role, and and even Kravitz's face, right? Like you just see that that RBF the entire movie, and that's Catwoman to me, especially at that time period, because she comes from that slums background she's had it hard her whole life and she wears that really well throughout the film um and the first time you see her go down the the like the ladder you know i was like oh wow that's actually really done well like every scene where she had to be the cat woman she did a good job and but but i have to say no one will ever beat michelle pfeiffer um, <laughs> having to lube up to get into a suit. I mean, come on. That's, That's dedication. And yeah. in the, in the, just the faithfulness of that version of Catwoman will go down in, in, in the books. So, but I think, I think those two characters are really good aside from, and, and, you know, I think the makeup team should get an award for the Penguin. Hands Absolutely. Um, Colin Farrell is an amazing actor to begin with. Mm-hmm. He's proven time and time again. If you watch it, especially in recent years, I've seen him in things that I'm just like, man, that's so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I love Colin, and my wife absolutely loves Colin Farrell, not for his acting ability at all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I get the, I get to watch a lot of his movies, and I I, I don't mind. It's fine. Um, I really enjoyed his character, and uh, I was actually taken back by the guy that they had as um, the, the the kingpin guy. I'm, uh, Pony? Oh, uh, John Turturro. Yes, because yeah. I always I loved him from as, Rounders. You know, putting the shoe on uh, in a, you know, like like, <laughs> can I shine your shoes? Like he's a comedian, 
And when I saw that, I just picture, you know, um, him in Transformers. It, well, yeah, in Transformers, it was, but he was still like that. I've never seen him in that kind of role. But I was watching an Apple TV show. My wife and I got into it where he's in that and he plays a serious role. Have you ever watched um, Rounders, by the way? It's, it's, Matt, it's, about, Matt, it's Matt Damon. It is Matt. Um, Edward Norton is a great cast. He's in it and has a very similar demeanor to what he played as Falcone here. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. So, just to clarify. I, I have I've seen Rounders. But it was, I, I was signed to a record label for about six years. And I mm. played a lot of music and I drank a lot. And <laughs> I watched it during that time period. So uh, there's I a lot of movies where I have to give go Give it another watch. shot. Give it another yeah. shot. Um, but I've also always been a Ben Affleck fan. And, um, you know, I've seen almost every movie he's been in. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was in Monk. Um, I think, well, not much though, right? Like, I don't remember him being in... Maybe more. I didn't. I didn't really watch Monk. Watch a whole lot he wasn't the main guy. I know he get everyone no. gets him confused, no, but I know he was. Monk. I think in an episode or two, but he's still funny. He's a funny character, right? Yeah. Um, and he played a role that was drastically off course for what he normally does. So I thought he did a very, very good job because he gave us something we didn't expect from him. Um, and and I and the uh, uh, Scott, I can't think of the. Um, it's probably because I haven't eaten enough today. I apologize. It's all good. <laughs> but the butler. Um, oh, Andy, Sir- Andy Circus. Andy Circus, yeah. Thank you, Andy Circus. We know what to expect from him. Um, mm. I have to go rewatch Monk again. Um, Andy Circus, though, we know what to expect, right? He, he's a great writer. He's a great director. He, he, everything he does is great. And again, coming into a role where, like, I just feel that we've seen so many of them. It's hard to stand out in that kind of role. I mean, he didn't have to. He just did a very good job with the role. Mm. And I like that they did some of that. They played it safe. And um, I was describing this to one of my friends. I was like, you know, when I walked out of episode seven of Star Wars, I said they played that safe. Out of the three, that was the one that I said, okay, it was good because they played it safe. A lot of those roles were great because the actors just played those roles very safe. Mm-hmm. And I think that was why we got the movie we got. And they respected so much of that material. Right. Uh, I will say, you know, as a huge Batman fan, I've seen every single movie. I, I'm a fan. I'm a diehard fan of Bale. And I get, I'll hang that on a cross. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I've argued with the, the, with the Bale, but I, I, the dedication the actor had to that role is what really won, won me over. Mm-hmm. Um, the hardships he had to go through let alone, I'm not going to go into the voice. I, I, I argued the voice because you have a British actor putting on American accent that he's trying to disguise the American accent. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, I, 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 I get bothered by the, the gritty. It was a little bit accentuated sometimes for me. And it would just. Uh, it was where, just, is she? Yeah. Just <laughs> where is she? I just love saying it. Where is she? Pass me the toilet paper. Let's go. <laughs> I enjoyed. I also, I mean, that was the, the Tumblr. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just remember when those films came out and how they made me feel, and they made right. me feel good. And this Batman good. movie, and um, we finally got closer to what we've all wanted since Batman Returns, which is that very gritty, dark Batman. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've hint they they tried in a lot of the movies to go there, 
but without going there. I mean, do you remember Danny DeVito in his white suit underneath the city with the, yes. the stuff coming out of his mouth? Yeah. As a child, I thought it was a horror film, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we get really close here. Okay. Like, there's a lot of death and destruction in this movie that is caused by people other than Batman for once. Uh, the man that doesn't kill that murder. Thank one. God. But yeah, um, I, if I had to say the one actor I walked out and I said, wow, was Jeffrey Wright though, because um, he was under a lot of fire and a lot of pressure in that role. Mm-hmm. And anybody that says he's not Jim Gordon is wrong. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. I agree. That entire uh, interrogation scene that he did, and he's whispering and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, fantastic. fantastic. I mean, the whole fantastic. that whole police station scene, I Oof, yeah. I love. Oh, like, I like you know between between him running them, through and then him running go- through. Yep, that whole that whole scene, like all the cops just coming out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I'm like watching this movie and I'm just getting goosebumps. I'm like, yo, this was like I I told Seabass this and I told Law this. It just felt like I was watching a comic like just mm-hmm. come to life yeah in each mm-hmm. of the chapters like because the movie is extremely long but it felt like you're just watching chapter after chapter after chapter as you're figuring out this this story and learning new things as you're learning them with with the characters i like that they go back to certain places looking for things they missed the first time around mm-hmm. um and they make I, mistakes they make yes. yeah they make mistakes it just it just the felt like was, yeah <laughs> yeah i just, laughed yeah. but i laughed because it was perfect he shouldn't yeah. be able to land the first time he puts this. I mean, up. he even stalled. He even stalled the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he stalled it. He like, sure did. He stalled it. Like, but it, well, but it, didn't, it doesn't take. Car, but yeah. it doesn't take away from it, right? It's just right. he's just getting it because, like, you see him. They give you all these little nuggets that he's been building this car for forever, right? And he's been using the motorcycle for like the entire time, and then he's like, "I, I, I gotta, I gotta bring out, I gotta bring out the car." Right. And so he gets it. He does the rev up. And like everyone else, when you when you start your car for the first time and he puts it into shift too quickly and just stalls it. Uh, yeah. like, All right. Well, fuck. Now I got to fix this and do it. <laughs> I want to know if that was scripted or if it was by accident. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> if it was by accident, if it was if it was by accident I would love it. Because and they decided if, to if keep it, it wasn't scripted, it's even better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it just came back from the mechanic. <laughs> I love that they had him working on his car because generally we see other people doing Batman's yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and Even I, driving I, himself. Right. Like they, they, the thing, they did everything well in the film. Um, I just hope in the next one we see them bring in some stuff we haven't seen before. And that's what I, I would love. And I don't want to yeah. see the Joker, you know. We don't have to see the Joker. The Joker can no. even be operating in the background for all I care. I would love to see them do, um, you know, uh, they, they joke around about Calendar Man, but I'd love to actually see it in real life. I yeah. think, yeah. and it doesn't have to be like a main character, kind of like what they did with the Penguin here. Mm-hmm. Um, if they do some of those darker storylines, the, the rogues gallery layer each other. And the main villain like leans on the other ones to get to that point. And you don't, right. but you do have, you have better villains than just Joker. And we Absolutely. should get a good Mr. Freeze. Although I love I Arnold. Everybody no, I would uh, like to see that. I think, yeah. I think also this, this version of the Riddler is something that I've never seen personally, because I don't know 
the comic, the recent comic content. Uh, for me, Riddler was just this Tim Carey. Um, but the, for me, Riddler is what I see in the com comic cartoons uh, or in Lego DC. Like, so this version of Riddler was diabolical and, and psycho and completely eye-opening to what I was ignorant about with this particular character. So I if think that's want, one thing that I really like. If you want insight of what I, what I believe they pulled from, look at uh, New 52, Batman, Zero Year, and Dark City. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would say a lot of the stuff that I would expect that they're going with, uh, they're probably going to pull from um, Batman Eternal, which is an insane storyline. Uh, also want to add in that Matt Reeves is also being given a show. It was supposed to be about the Gotham City Police Department. Yeah. And, it has now uh, shifted to Arkham. Which makes so much... It's supposed to be like a, a horror vibe, which I'm so here for. Absolutely here for. So we might get Croc. Croc, Clayface, give me all of it. With the more supernatural aspects of that. Oh, what up, Dan? Hey, Dan. hey. What's, what's up, going Dan? on? I love that dude. He's he's Dan's man. awesome, man. Um, but with um with Arkham, you have a lot of potential for not just the the human aspect of the villains, but if we can actually bring in some supernatural aspects into that universe, I want to see where they go because the 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 one thing about the post Nolan verse, right? Mm. How do we do Batman with Super beings, yeah, right. They give always us clay face, give us man bat, give us croc, like a real actual croc. Yeah, it's it. You know that uh, they were always afraid of putting Superman in a world with Batman because it's like we have aliens, but that's where Batman shines. Mm -hmm. That's where Batman does. Even though he's the human, it's like he's the one that walks around the kryptonite ring. He's the one that right. he has the failsafe for all of them. Everything, yeah. right? The line from the Justice League. Uh, movie where he goes, well, what's our fail safe for you? And he's like, the Justice League. Like you guys, right? yeah. Like, like that is my favorite line. It's amazing, and I think if we're and, and and I know they're not really gonna go down this route because they've said that this exists in a different world. Yeah, it's Earth too. But we could get something, you know. So yeah. I almost don't like. I don't want it tainted by any of the rest of like the universe that they have so far. So I'm kind of like. Oh, as much as I want it to be the main like storyline for Batman, I know that once it becomes main storyline, it don't connects it to up. everything. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want it to be tainted. Because you can't trust DC. They're going to fuck it up. They don't know how to... It's Warner Brothers. So, so speaking, to, speaking to like Warner Brothers fucking things up and, and all the formulas that they've had, we've seen over the years them do it right and them do it very wrong. This is something that we didn't expect to go as right as it did. Versus something like BVS or any other property they've done lately, what made this so right? And like, where where do you guys think like they shined with this one? Mm. I go ahead, Val. I mm. think this this version. What I liked, we didn't see his parents die again. Oh my god! Made, yep. This I'm the first so thing I said to the guys when I called yep. them. I was like, oh, my God, we did not I, see Thomas I'm glad Bell. they didn't start from that same freaking start again. I also, we've always seen Batman in a position where he is 
got it all figured out. He is like top level genius. He is this huge tech guy. He has, you know, we're seeing ground up. Like he had only two monitors and literally needed Alfred to decode things by hand instead of scanning it in a computer that he would have. So it was very a primitive version of Batman that I've never seen on screen. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed that. For the most part, and then this, the way this was written, the way it was Amen. shot, yeah, it, it was just so. <laughs> it worked. It made it. They didn't focus too much on the. I don't know. It, it, it just worked. I think the only thing I didn't like was probably the narration part, but um, and and him being emo, Brucey. But I feel like it was needed because hopefully, where they go with it, it will show his growth. Right. If they do it right. But um, definitely what made it work for me was those things that we haven't seen on screen before. Guys? Yeah, yeah. it reminded me of Watchmen a bit. And I thought the same thing when they started. I was like, I hope we don't go Watchmen because although I liked Watchmen, it's it's Watchmen. It's not Batman. And I was hoping they didn't. we didn't get this narrative the entire time, um, which right. I'm glad they didn't do. The, the, sub, the small bits and pieces they did I thought were well done. Um, but that, that was my, if, if, if I'm not sitting on my turn, I won't no, interrupt. I, I felt the same way. It was like, I hope they don't do this throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Like yeah. that, but I'm glad they did it. Um, but it was good. It was good. I am happy with this movie because again, it puts a lot of Hollywood, um, naysayers who think they know about cinema to, to, to tell them to shut the fuck up because it's like this to me it was more than an action movie we got drama we got um a great world building in this um it was great storytelling and i feel that this with, is one of my favorite yeah. adaptations of gotham i've seen as a live action it was beautiful and, so, yeah and you know it's it's like this like we, we we rave and talk about like how marvel has been changing things and all that but um Outside of DC trying to build a whole connected universe, they've been doing stuff great with um, solo movies. Like Joker um, was very Oscar worthy, um, and now you know you have this Shazam. movie. Shazam did great, and it's like it felt like how Tone said like we ripped the graphic novel, put it out there, and it shows you that this is just more than oh I am the villain and I'm the bad guy. It's not just stereotypical superhero stuff. This is like okay we 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 got a little bit of flavoring of sprinkly of Sherlock Holmes there, a little bit of mystery, a little bit of action. Very psychological. And yeah, it was very psychological. I mean, it it, it felt reminiscent to like how when you, we watched the movie Seven and how that felt right. gritty. Yeah, this had that beautiful grittiness to it. It's like. I felt how dirty Gotham was. I felt how dangerous Gotham was. You you brought the character to life, and then once you brought that city to life, that world, you understood why each character is the way that they are. And then when you had those little ray of sunshines and hopes, like with the conversation between Alfred and Bruce in the hospital, it's like these are the things you want to hold on. And and especially that ending when he was like, you know, I have to be more than vengeance for these people. And when that girl where they're going to take up on the helicopter and she grabs him and he looks at her he he rests her sure like no you're okay everything is cool like this was that superhero moment that's like this is what makes batman batman because he is there for the city he is 
the city's protector and i felt that they captured that all in this and that's that's how i felt about this movie tone um i would say that this movie i think from and i think what i think what dc's been doing with well, all of its like side characters right the movie was about batman it wasn't an ensemble movie and i think where we always talk about when it comes to dc is that they try so hard to make this ensemble team-up movie work and it just it just doesn't because you need to you're relying on the assumption that everyone knows who these characters are based on the past based on what they've read what they've watched what they what nostalgia of growing up and i don't i don't want that i want to see your take on this character and pull some influences from things we've read you know, like big shout out the fact that Frank Miller is not the only ref, uh, influence in this movie. Yes. Frank Miller is Frank Miller is Batman, right? But they use Frank Miller for fucking everything, and we're getting pulls from all the different creators of Batman put into one, which I think is part of the secret sauce of what Marvel does. They take all the bits from all the writers, bring them in, and they make their own. And I think they did that. They did that here, and they're making bruce and batman live up and you're bringing these characters up and you're making them grounded in what we're trying to build like matt reeves had a vision for gotham city and for what he wanted his characters to be and he was able to bring that to light and you weren't beholden by this fact that they all need to all these superheroes need to come together and fight the flashy bad guy at the end yeah. and right. i think once dc moves away from that and you focus on your fucking trinity of characters you're you can have re really good movies and, yeah. and if you have directors who get their vision and know what they want to do and you don't have the oversight because of whatever fucking reason, um, you're going to be able to create something. And I think we didn't expect that from this movie because it was, a, it, was, it was Earth 2. And we just thought it was just another way to make money for Warner Brothers and using Batman. And it, yeah. and it wasn't that. It was literally, you feel like this is a passion project for Matt Reeves and he did what he wanted to do. And you see it on screen and he did the damn thing. Yep. Um, so I think if DC wants to do anything is to kind of take that, take that, run with it and put it into your movies. And we'll see. I don't know. I don't have hopes for Flashpoint. I hope it's good, but I don't have I don't I don't have hopes because they want because it's the same. It's the same fucking thing. You want to you want to take something, this huge moment in a character's life and throw it on screen without with with the only thing we have a flash is the Snyder cut. To back yeah, it up. No. And, that's, I, and that's not it's, enough. He needs yeah more than that i've never watched the cw verse version i know little about flash's character i know he's a very popular character but i was a marvel head i know batman that's it everyone else is eh. but so if you're going to give me flash give me more than just snippets and mm -hmm. i know flashpoint just because of the card the the animated movie um, I don't know. I don't know why they decide to go the routes that they do. So they should have they they made him Wally West. All right. Um, yeah. Why we didn't get the guy. Uh, there's so many better actors that could have actually pulled off Barry Allen. You know, just saying. Well, Grant um, Gustin yeah. does a great job on uh, the Flash TV show. I, I would keep Ezra. Just make him Wally. Yeah. Right. Thing, give... like Barry Allen, if they're going to focus on the Barry Allen portion of it, I don't see Ezra as Barry Allen. Um, he hasn't grown... And another problem I see with Flashpoint is they're not continuing the Snyderverse. They're not continuing that, that universe. Why are you giving us a film that is dead? Tied to, yeah. They're, yep. wipe, they're wiping it. Right. That's the, like they're using a movie to wipe yep. another movie, which is it's fucking lazy. nuts. That's lazy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and you think bringing in Michael Keaton is going to make us hand wave it all away. And it's like, it's, it's not. It's not going to do it. No, we, we just saw Michael Keaton in Spider-Man. Like, why do we care? Like, you know. <laughs> He's vulture now. Uh, <laughs> random but, tweet just came in. Uh, we got to confirm season four for Daredevil, by the way. Yep. Yeah. On I Disney thought. Plus? Yes, yep. sir. Really? Yeah, yes, I'm sir. Oh, I'm excited about that. I Let's hope go. we get less filler. Yeah. So my issue with Daredevil was it was a great show, to but start, it, was it was bogged good. down with filler. I got it for you. I'm going to tell you why. Disney does it. Disney does like, they do like six to eight episodes. Disney does. I'm going yeah. no, yeah. I'm I'm to tell you why it was filler. So when the Netflix shows were being done, it was still under the Marvel TV division, which wasn't in, which Feige was not in charge of. So after Endgame, and because the guys who were in charge of the TV division were kind of dropping the ball with some of their TV shows, and they had like this whole eternal fight because like all of a sudden it's like they didn't want to reference stuff for the movies anymore. Um, they Disney was like, no, we're going to give everything to Feige now. So Feige is most likely going to be in charge of that next run of Daredevil because he wasn't That's, in charge of those. That means the, we're the, getting the more Echo, more Kingpin. Hopefully, yes. I, I mean that would be really dope. I'm excited about that. Time that was my nerd, people. <laughs> yeah, we sure. had we just way too much, but I'm glad it's under Feige, and I think um, that's gonna be great. Oh, yeah. um, but um, I want to give you, um, Chris. I want to thank you for coming on, guys. This has been talking about Batman, Laws uh, stuff, because I'm happy that we got a great Batman movie because Laws been getting beaten up by DC these last uh, few years. Been, and everything. been disappointed. But, um, it's yeah. been rough. but before been... we do go, well, go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. No, no, no. He's just he's been beaten up by being a you know being a DC fan and us sorry making him watch you, him us making him watch all these DC things, and he's just like. <sighs> and then actually the story, actually the story too. Because he wasn't going to watch Batman like the opening weekend, and then all the hype came in. I saw all the Facebook notifications from like people who were not critics and like like people who just liked the fucking movie. And I was like, oh man, I'm getting the FOMO. I need to see this movie. All right, uh, I all right, Monday. That, so I'm like, guys, when are we talking about this? Because I just <laughs> yeah. watched it. We need yeah. to come. So I hit up Steve. I'm like, yo, we're, see, we're seeing it tonight. Time, I'm buying the ticket. Yeah. And then I called see. Law, and I'm like, hey, uh, it's last minute, but me and Steve are seeing this movie tonight. So, see, yeah. so, so Chris, the phone lives down the block from me. Comes in his car, kidnaps me for the night to go see the movie. I'm like, I'm, it's a good kidnapping, you know. Enjoy the movie. <laughs> I honestly, okay, like, okay. I, there was a little bit of a groan. I was like, all right, I'll see it. Like, I was going to see it eventually, but I didn't have the, like, I need to see it right now energy. And then now I'm like, I'll see that movie 50,000 times. I'll see I it can't, as many I times can't as I saw all the Nolan stuff again. in theaters. I just listened to the entire soundtrack and, like, that score, that Batman score just playing throughout the whole movie. I'm just, like, humming it. I'm like, yo, this was so fucking good. You know, <laughs> what I think they did right in that film was... You have a lot of characters that don't overtake. They didn't. They they stuffed it, but they they layered it so beautifully. Because I was that, very afraid of the lineup. It's intimidating yeah, because ever since Spider Man three, we get scared of all these people, and they balanced it beautifully. They knew who was the main villain. They knew who the support villains were. Who the main hero was? Support hero, vigilante. They, yep. Everything. It was, it was a very good ecosystem they built, and. Uh, I look forward to what they bring in the future. My criticisms of the film only come from literally if I hadn't been a Batman super fan, I would probably be in love with the film. And I've gotten a lot of heat from people like, oh, you don't, you, 
one kid actually said to me, you don't know anything about Batman. And I said, really? Okay. We won't, we won't, we won't go there. I'm not going to argue with you. I didn't come online to argue with people. I love the film. I just would like to see what else they can do. Um, right. And I would say that about every, every Batman film, except bat nipples i loved because it was a live action cartoon and, and and come on when you have arnold schwarzenegger walking in going everybody chill he gave us the one-liner I, <laughs> I i i thoroughly enjoy uh batman and robbins because of arnold schwarzenegger like seriously if we watch it i don't know when's the last time you watched it it's so corny oh, that's why i love it that's why i love it as a kid i, I was excited reasons, but now as an adult with I the puns, it's time to it, cool yeah. down. Guys, <laughs> she, chill. Everybody, chill. Right, you know, we got to wrap. He's in fucking chrome and blue. It's just, and it's like, you know, like my biggest gripe with that entire movie is that Bane is a fucking idiot. Like, I would say if I had to make a, oh my God, you know, yes. like he's just a, that. you know, but that's it. Like Poison Ivy is like really campy. It's all campy. It's it's fun. Super campy. Oh, all right, so. Guys, for those of you who don't know, so this is Chris from Homebrewed Comics. Yes. Created an awesome comic. Watch this episode on demand to begin to learn more. Go to the Kickstarter link, but so that you could learn more about his comic, Chris. You can get one of these. They're on Ooh. there. Oh, we're going to give cool. you this little screen for yep. one more time. So, give you the plug. You can add this. This is an add-on on the campaign. I did uh, include this in uh, issue four Kickstarter, and I got a lot of requests for the, to bring them back because uh, people were like, oh, I got it, but then my kid stole it. So now it's an add-on on the campaign. You can edit any physical uh, backing that you want. And then you can have your own little stuff Samedi. He does not come with any alcohol or cigars, though, as um, I can't <laughs> ship those. I don't have the licensing. Oh, yeah. We, we got to hook you up with Favorite Raven. Maybe they, maybe they could make you uh, a homebrew beard. But anyway, this has been an awesome <laughs> episode. This has been fun, guys. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. We're going to talk more yes. in the green room. Um, Thank this you, Val, for coming back. Val's yes, always welcome. You guys back. already know. I'm always available. Val, Val might be returning for Demon Slayer because we're looking to talk Demon Slayer soon. Um, also, yes. to yes, finally, the recorded creator series that we did from our old creator series segments is going to start to release. There was just audio issues, syncing issues, a bunch of other stuff, and everything. So, the one with Sammy Castillo will launch this week. Yes, we are sorry. Let's go. Um, but again, this has been your boy Sebastian. It's been your boy Law. And your boy Tone from across the hall. With Val. Yeah. <laughs> and Chris. Catch you guys on the internet. Playing that beautiful bean footage. I'll catch all of you in the green room.